too much. And um, well done, band. It's lovely to have the band playing tonight. And um, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to have you with us tonight as well. And uh, welcome to those who are at home. Um, we just trust that you are um, sitting back, you're hearing the message this week. Um, I know there's been some technical issues over the last few weeks. Um, a lot of that was down to me, but there we go. Um, a few extra faces are out tonight, which is fantastic. And uh, I trust that you are at home listening to the message as well. And over the last few weeks, you would know that we've been looking at the ministry of the Holy Spirit, who he is in our life, what he does, what he brings, um, and the power of God in our lives. And you know, as we've been looking at the things of the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is, uh, we've realized that it's nothing to do with us, and it's all about him. You know, the gifts, the callings, the, the um, ministry of the Holy Spirit, it's by grace that we have received, not through works that any of us should boast. You know, I've got a better gift than you, and I've got this. It's nothing about that. This is about him, and we have received him. So over the last couple of weeks, we've been growing in the knowledge or the excitement, the joy of knowing more about the Holy Spirit, the wonder of who he is and what he can do through our lives. And also we've been looking at the manifestations, the, the outworkings of having the Holy Spirit in us, living in us. There is that outworking, the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit that are ours. He's given as gifts to each and every one of us. And it's absolutely amazing the fact that God himself lives in you and I through the Holy Spirit and he's given us miraculous gifts through which he moves and gives as needed for the situation and situation that we may be facing. Over the first week we, we were looking at the revelation gifts, the word of, a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom and the discerning of spirits. And last week we were looking at the utterance gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are prophecy, different kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And tonight, uh, we're moving on to the power gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, and, you know, it's funny because Jane and I were chatting on week one, and Jane was saying, ah, oh, you know, I, I just love what you were teaching uh, about these first three. If, 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 I was, if I was to say, Lord, give me more of a, an ability to move in these things than I do already, Lord, let me move in the first three. And then we got to week two and she said, oh, I, you know, I, just, I, I love what you said tonight. I, I'd love to be moving on, on and being used in the next three. And I can guarantee by the end of the night, we'll all be saying, Lord, I just so want to be used in the last three as well as all the rest of it. And, and the key is being available, being ready, being in a place where he can use us um, where he wants to in any given situation. So these are the power gifts. The, the power gifts are um, written in my Bible. Here we go. Uh, so we're going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read from verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the work in a miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, 
distributing to each one individually as he wills. And, and I just love that passage of scripture because it really, you know, Paul is teaching to the congregation at Corinth. The church at Corinth were all over the place. They were a shambles. Their theology was all over the place. And Paul's coming in and he's bringing some order. He's bringing some correction. He's, he's helping them see how and what God needs to do in their lives and in the church at the time. And I love the fact that what Paul was teaching to the Corinthian church is something that we still are being taught and, and are sharing these things to bring understanding, to understand how the Holy Spirit wants to move, how he operates through our lives, and the, the different giftings or manifestations that comes with the Holy Spirit. So tonight we are looking at the gift of faith, the gifts of healings, and the working of miracles. And I, I'm so excited because if we get this, if we as the church of the 21st century understand this, we will see the power of God at work moving through our lives, touching our communities, touching the church, touching families, and, and seeing the miracles of God outworked in our lives. So these are visible gifts. These are visible demonstrations of God's power at work. And Paul, we, we know Paul was an amazing preacher, teacher, um, shared the word in incredible ways. And he says this in 1 Corinthians, and again, it's back into the book of Corinthians. He said this in verse 4, the sermons I preached were not delivered with the kind of persuasive elegance that some have come to expect. Now, you know, you may some, think sometimes, well, you know, Jeff wouldn't, Jeff wouldn't inform tonight. That wasn't the, you know, that wasn't the normal Jeff. I wonder what's going on in his mind. You may hear some other preacher and you think, ah, oh, you know, he wasn't as good as what he was last week. And we compare and uh, Paul was saying, look, you, you may have heard all kinds of preachers and you may have heard me at times use persuasive elegance as you've come to expect. But they, but they were effective. The preaching that I've come to do, he says, were effective because I relied on God's spirit to demonstrate God's power. I don't ever want to come up the front and preach a sermon without relying on the grace of God to be able to communicate, without time in his presence through the week to get it right, and without the power of God present to move within a meeting and within people's lives. Otherwise, I'm doing God a disservice and I'm not living out the life that God wants me to live. There's got to be, there's got to be a touch of the Spirit upon the Word of God as it's going forth into your heart because the Word produces the miracles by the Holy Spirit. I can, I can preach eloquent sermons. I can preach with persuasion. But there's going to be no power unless the Holy Spirit is speaking through and bringing um, the, 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 the confirming the Word with signs and wonders following. I would love to be able to say, come tonight and I'll show you a miracle and I'll demonstrate signs and wonders and I'll give gifts of healing. I can't do any of it, but what I can be is available. And I can be expecting that when the word goes forth, the Holy Spirit is, is living, the living word going out into your heart, confirming it in your heart with signs and wonders following. So I, I don't know about you, but I believe as the last days continue to draw nearer we don't know how close we are in that journey but as they draw nearer and nearer that we will see in the last days a greater measure of the outpouring of the holy spirit as was spoken in the book of acts but also 
That's the signs, the wonders and the miracles that are promised in the word. There will be more manifestations taking place in our day and generation the closer that Jesus comes back. And I am looking forward to seeing all of us, the church as a whole, operating in the gifts of the Spirit, being used by God in incredible ways. Why? Because we have a heart for him and we are leaning towards him and and we are available for him to, to use us. So the power gifts... The first one we're going to look at tonight is the gift of faith. And I guess in all of our journeys, that gift of faith, you know, we often hear, oh, they, they had, a, they had the, the, the faith of a mustard seed. Do you know what? The faith of a mustard seed in a journey of our life is all we need. Oh, yeah, we keep working on that muscle. Absolutely. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Absolutely. But you know what? This isn't anything to do with growing faith and walking in maturity in faith. And it's not about saving faith. That moment that you give your life to Jesus. Jesus, by grace, gives you the faith to believe and to receive salvation. Again, it's not something we can do in our own power and ability. He gives us the faith and the grace to receive salvation and then to begin to walk in it. This faith is a supernatural download in your life in a moment when you could be walking in doubt and unbelief but then suddenly God drops faith to believe for a miracle in someone's life again it bypasses the soul it bypasses our religious thinking it bypasses my performance it bypasses everything because it's not of us we can, we can pray till the cows come home, but that's not going to allow God to give you the gift of faith to do miracles or signs or wonders. It is reliant on him to move and give you that gift at any given time. That is why it's a gift of faith, a charis, or a charis gift to our life. Nothing that we could do to receive it, earn it, or work at it. It's a gift given by grace. The gift of faith will often bring about miracles. So the gift of faith works very closely with the other two power gifts that we're going to look at tonight. The gift of faith displays God's power in ways that cause us to take a step back and, 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 and look in amazement and wonder. Faith that God would use me, that God did that through me. We're, as, we're often as amazed as the person who's received the miracle that God used me in this situation. Yes, because it's nothing about you. It's the gift of God manifesting in your life. The supernatural gift of faith is revealed not only in the New Testament, not only just revealed through the disciples or through the, the ministry of Jesus, but the gift of faith was, was in operation throughout the Old Testament. And we're going to see that through the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 11. So Hebrews 11 verse 30, it says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down. Now you can speak faith to a, to a wall or a mountain or a, a situation, but that faith to move the, the walls of Jericho had to be a supernatural faith. Walking around it didn't make sense. Walking around it, um, you know, th- th- there must have been a bit of confusion in the camp of some of the children of Israel. Why are we doing this? But God had a plan. 
But God had already said, this is what I want you to do. Walk with the supernatural plan I'm giving you and this will come to pass. Hebrews 11.33, by faith they closed the mouths of lions. You know, I can confess to a lion as much as I like, but the lion won't understand my language. But supernatural faith will close the mouths of lions. A supernatural download of the faith, the kind of gift of faith that we hear in, in 1 Corinthians 12, that kind of faith will close mouths of lions and it will pull down uh, the walls of Jericho and situations around us. And Hebrews 11 verse 34 says this, By faith they walked through the fire and had no hurt. That's the kind of supernatural download of faith that God gives in situations where we cannot do anything about it. They could, have, they could have read the Bible 15 times over, but that wouldn't have helped them in that moment where they are facing the fiery furnace. They needed God's supernatural to deal with this fire that was ahead of them. And we, as we build faith in our hearts and as we trust God in our journey, that is, that's going to build our day-to-day living by faith. But there are moments in our journey where all of a sudden we need faith and we haven't prayed that morning or we hadn't read the scriptures that day and we can't rely on our religious formats. But suddenly God breaks in and he gives severally as he wills and as the moment, uh, the moment of need requires. I love this, this, this manifestation of the gift of faith. You read it in the book of Acts with the, the disciples they're, they're in this moment when they're going to the house of God, to the temple, to pray. They're going up, and, and Peter and John, uh, as is custom, as they would normally do, they're going to the temple. It's a great day. It's, it's just begun. It's nine o'clock in the morning. You know, Peter, we, we know Peter is a bit of a lad. We know Peter in this journey, in very much his, his walk with God. I doubt that Peter woke up confessing his sins and getting his heart right before God and dealing with every issue that he may have had an issue with one of the disciples or somebody else or an issue issue with someone in the marketplace yesterday. I doubt that Peter woke up. He may have done, but I doubt because that wasn't Peter's makeup. Peter was a a, a bit of a a tearaway and a bit of a, um, a, a hard individual who was being transformed by the power of God. It's also unlikely that he studied the scripture first thing before nine o'clock. He was going to the temple to pray. He may have had a a quick read and you may have read a a scripture from the Old Testament as he was heading. Remember, he's living out the New Testament and he's walking. He's thinking about the word of God, but he's he's not studied that little bit harder. He doesn't know what's about to happen at nine o'clock that day. So it's just his normal day. It's just his normal routine. I, I, I dare say all of us at some point may miss a moment in the morning where we forget to pray and we're rushing off because we got up late or we, we, we didn't read the scripture that morning. And here's Peter having a normal day. I don't think he quoted the scripture or, or, or read it in five different translations or was able to quote it from a different, a, a different sort of the Greek, the Hebrew. I don't think he did that that day. I don't think he was staying at home praying in tongues and building for this moment. It was a normal, normal day. Nothing out of the ordinary was happening that day. He was going to the temple to pray. But we know what happened. As he entered the temple gate, a man called out and said, 
Um, I need arms. I always think, when I was a kid, I always thought of these. I was thinking, oh, maybe that's why. But I realised it was his legs, not his arms. Anyway, I don't want to digress. This is the moment when he cried out, asking for money, begging for money. And Peter and John look at him. Uh, and I heard recently, it's really funny. John, what did John do in all of this journey? What was John's part? You know, Peter and John were going to the temple to pray. Peter looks at the man, as does John. You read it, that's, that's John's part, and the whole of this part. As does John. And then Peter says, silver and gold of our none. John's just looking. Silver and gold of our none. But such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And we know that the man, after 38 years, gets up. He starts leaping and jumping and praising God into the temple. And this incredible moment. Do you know what got that man healed? It, it, wasn't, it wasn't the scripture. It wasn't the incredible silver and gold of I know. Got, you know it, it wasn't his quotation. It wasn't the fact that he prepared himself that day. What was unique about Peter was he was available. He was in a position where he said, perhaps at the beginning of the day, Lord, use me. We don't know. He may have prayed for half an hour. He may have studied the scripture that day. But Peter was available. And I love that about Peter. And I just want to encourage every one of us. Let's be available. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And then as they're in the temple, we realize that he turns around and says this. It wasn't by any good works of ourselves that this man stands before you whole today. But it was faith in the name of Jesus that this man now stands before you made whole and healed. It was by faith in the name of Jesus. It was, a, it was the deposit of the spirit of grace of the gift of faith at that moment in that name that saw that man hold that day. And I just, I look at that and I think, oh, wow. We work ourselves up and get anxious and get wound up and get frustrated. It's faith in that name. A supernatural download of faith in that moment that made that man well. We're going to move on to the gifts of healing because the gifts of healings and the gift of faith and the working of miracles are all very connected. The, the, the gifts or the supernatural gifts of healing or the supernatural manifestations is to heal all sicknesses, all disease and all maladies, whatever type, spirit, soul and body, mind, will and emotion, every area and every aspect, including the sickness of sin, and the, the demonic work of the enemy. It is for every single area, regardless of whether it's a toenail or whether it's COVID or a heart attack, it covers every area. It's the gifts of healings. The Holy Spirit wants to work through you and me. It's not a stage ministry. It is the lives of every single one of us. When we see someone in need and you feel the quickening of the Holy Spirit, that's you being available. That's him moving upon your heart. That's when we need to operate in the, the gifts of healing. 
And the gifts of healing aren't just one. You know, you can hear sometimes there's people who have got a, a, a gift for seeing cancers healed. And then somebody else who's got a gift for seeing uh, backs healed or legs grow. Or, but you know what? They are the gifts of healings. And I believe all of those gifts of healings, again, whatever the need is, he gives us. There's no point you having the gifts of healing and you heal, see God use you healing cancers, but you can't heal someone's you know, ingrowing toenail when they've come to you. For, it's the, he gives these gifts as he wills and as the need arises. And we've got to always keep that in the forefront. It's a plural, the gifts of it's, it's multitude, many types of gifts of healing in people's lives. There's a moment in John chapter 5, verse 1 to 15. We're not going to read it all. But Jesus heals a man who had been there sick for 38 years. And he says to this man, rise up, or rise, take up your bed and walk. It's an incredible moment and, and, and the man takes up his bed and he begins to walk and the Pharisees see what's happened and they realize this is a Sabbath day and this should not be happening. You shouldn't be working. You shouldn't be healing on the Sabbath. Then Jesus in John five nineteen, just a few um, verses on, says this. Then Jesus answered and said to them, the Pharisees, most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do for whatever he does the son does in like manner i love this that's why we need to be seeing what he sees hearing what he hears having an ear to the spirit listening deep unto deep allowing our spirit sometimes just to quieten within so that we hear and we see what the holy spirit is doing and here Jesus is saying, I do nothing. He just he didn't walk around, oh, there's a need over there, and there's a need over there, and there's a need, I'll, I'll go and heal. He only did what he saw his father doing. And if he saw in the spirit what his father was doing, highlighting, um, ministering to the people, preparing the heart, whatever it was, I don't know necessarily exactly what Jesus saw, but he only did what he saw his father do. And when he moved, that's why sometimes when Jesus went into a town or a village, he saw the Father healing them all. So what did he do? He healed them all. There was other times like this particular guy. He goes down to the, 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 the pool and, and, and the, he talks to this guy and he says, Hey, you know, everybody's a sick around you. Why aren't you in the pool? And he says, I can't get into the pool. And that's when Jesus said, Rise up, take up your bed and walk. But did, did Jesus heal everybody around that pool that day? He only did what he saw his Father doing. For, whatever, the, for whatever, he, whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Do you know what? I, I, I love the fact that there are things that are going to be happening. And I believe through Jesus in us, many more things will be happening as well. So Jesus... I believe, you know, I hear people sometimes say, oh, you know, we need to be going into the hospitals and we need to be clearing them out. But only if that's what Jesus is showing you. If only if that's what the Father is showing you. Otherwise, you'll walk in the hospital and you'll walk out and you'll be so discouraged that not one person has been raised up. 
is if the spirit is saying clear out the hospital, like John G. Lake, John G. Lake was told by God to go into a hospital and he cleared it out of every sick person. Absolutely wonderful, praise the Lord. But is he saying that to us? Is he saying that to me, to you in this situation? We need to trust the Holy Spirit in our journey. I love the fact that Jesus then went on to teach the disciples and he showed them and he taught them. He, he demonstrated the power of God at work around their lives. We, I guess, like the Apostle Paul, have the Holy Spirit in our life. We have the gift. We have those manifestations of the gifts. But are we like Paul saying, here I am, use me. Here I am, lead me. Here I am, guide me. Here I am, I have an ear that is open to the things of the Spirit. Let's flip forward into the book of Acts and here we see Paul operating in this area with the gifts of healing. And in verse, uh, Acts 28, verse 1 to 9, it says, Now when they had escaped, Paul was on uh, a ship. They had been shipwrecked, um, and they, they were then found to be on this island of Malta. In verse 2, it says, The natives showed unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome, because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. So a really friendly, a friendly island of Malta. In verse 3 it says, But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw that the creature was hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom, though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. It's hilarious, isn't it? It's like you just see this outworking and outplaying. It's, it's just so, so funny. But after they had looked on him a long time and saw no harm had come to him, they changed their minds and said, he must be or he was a god. It's amazing that as we begin to walk in the things of God that those around us will acknowledge and see you're no longer just like everybody else. That there is a godliness, a godness about our lives as the Spirit of God lives through us. And it goes on, and in that region, there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island, whose name was Publius, who had received, as who, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And when it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery, Paul went to him and prayed and laid hands on him and healed him. I love this. That, that's, that's the Holy Spirit directing Paul, leading him not only for healing for himself. Now he's healing this important citizen on the island. And then look what happens. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. Now, I believe that Paul was seeing what God was doing and then did what God was doing. I believe that as he saw faith, these people coming towards him, there was a quickening on the inside. There was a move of God and a deposit of the gift of faith, not just to heal one person or to see himself healed, but to heal the multitude. Having an ear to hear, 
having a heart to understand and a, and a willingness to perceive what the Holy Spirit is doing at any given time. The times that Jesus went into a town and a village and we see him heal one or two. And then we see him go into another village and they bring everybody that was sick and he heals them all. I don't know what the difference between some places were and others, but we do know that in his hometown, he could only heal but a few people. Why? Because of their doubt and unbelief. He saw, he didn't see doubt. You know, people weren't walking around, oh, doubt, I've got doubt. He saw in the spirit what was going on in their heart and he could do no mighty works. This is so important that we see, we begin to walk in the spirit and see in the spirit and understand what God is saying. The Holy Spirit leads as we allow him to move through our life and cure, curing all manifestations of sickness. Finally, time needs going quickly, so I'm gonna to have to go on. I wish these were two hours, I mean an hour. <laughs> wish they were two hours. But even, right, finally, last one, yes, working of miracles. The working of miracles, a supernatural intervention by God in our everyday life and course of nature. God's supernatural presence being there to intervene, to change the laws of earth, to change the laws of, of what would be natural around us. Remember, it's the grace gift. Oh, everyone may say, oh, I'd love to work in miracles. Well, we all can as we receive his grace to do so. It's a grace gift given by the Holy Spirit. It's one of those, the gifts of miracles, is operating in the gifts of miracles. It causes those around to stand there with their mouth wide open, their jaw dropped to the floor. What just happened? I think, Jane, you were sharing on Monday night about being, when we were at the convention, this guy with his eyes, and, and, and we saw this guy, his eyes were in such a mess. And there's a word from the front saying, there's a man here whose eyes are in such bad condition, they're weeping, they're in a mess. Um, if you come to the front, God's gonna heal you. It was a word of knowledge, and then a move for the power of God, the gift of faith, the gift of miracles, and, and a move of God happened and, and, and there was this touch on this man's eyes and he was just so excited about what had just taken place and, and, and a miracle before our eyes took place. It was awesome. Then we've experienced personal miracles along the way in the journey of our life and things that shouldn't have happened that did happen. It's like that's jaw-dropping power of God in operation. And do you know what? When I, when, when I see someone who receives a miracle, a genuine bona fide miracle, and they they so-called just walk off the stage as if nothing's just happened. I, I have to rub my head thinking, no, nah, I don't know if you were blind. I don't know if you were deaf. I don't, if you just received sight, if you just received hearing, if you just received uh, a cancer just dropped off your body, there would be a manifestation of joy. I believe. There would be in my life, I can assure you that. I would just be going from the grace gift of the gift of miracles is awesome. Think of this one. Jesus feeding the 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes. I don't believe there were one of those disciples who weren't constantly, I don't understand this, there's more, there's more. 5,000 men besides the women and children, 15,000 possibly up to, it just kept on coming. It was a jaw-dropping 
miracle that took place at that moment. But then in the Old Testament, there were a few of these as well. The sun and the moon that stood still. Can you imagine all those men on the battlefield that day? This is a long day, isn't it? (laughs) How long do we have to keep going until the battle's won? The sun and the moon stood still. A miracle. See, if God can do these things, there is nothing that is impossible. There is nothing too long in your life or too difficult for God to deal with. The parting of the Red Sea. A miracle. It was a gift of a miracle. What did Moses do? Oh no, we got the Egyptians behind. We got the sea in front. Well, what do we do? God speaks to him. Was it a word that everybody else heard? I don't think so. I think he spoke to his heart. What have you got in your hand? Lift up your rod and the waters parted. It was a miracle. It was used by Moses, but it was a miracle. There is miracle working power in each of our lives here and in your life at home. How about Peter walking on the water? It was a miracle. That defied laws of logic. It defied laws of of walking on water. You don't do it. I've tried it. Genuinely, I've tried it. Um, it It doesn't happen bar a miracle. How about going fishing? I've done plenty of that in my time. I've never found my taxes in a fish's mouth. But Peter did. Why? Because Jesus had already ordained for that one fish in that portion of water to find its way onto Peter's hook with a, with a coin that was to pay his taxes. But not just his, but all of theirs. That, that is a miracle. That is the work. See, Jesus operated in the gifts of healing continually. He operated in the gifts of miracles continually. He operated in, what was the first one? The gift of faith continually. And yet he was all man and yet all God. He operated, he laid aside his majesty, he laid aside his privilege, and he walked the face of the earth as you and I, but without sin and without issue. He operated in the gifts as you and I can. That is absolutely amazing. I want to I wanna finish with a few last thoughts. The gift, the gift that God gives. It can be used to use anything. The gift of miracles. I, I've heard of accounts where um, a car, a car accident, and the car's run over a person. I think, did you share this again on Monday night? And, and, and a woman lifted the car off of someone to, to free them from being trapped under the car. You think that's a, that's a working of miracles. That's a, that's a happening. That's a miracle happening. You know, seeing a creative miracle take place where you see someone's limb grow um, because it's, it's smaller or shorter from, from another limb that they've got. That's a miracle. Where you have an internal organ, where you prayed for... You prayed for four teeth that you didn't have. They were x-rayed. They were, there were no teeth, four fangs in Jane's mouth. They x-rayed her. They weren't there. She prayed for how long? Six months. And then they grew. But they weren't in there. That's God. That's a creative miracle that took place. And the chances are we've all had creative miracles, yet we don't know it. 
but God has done something in the journey. And then there's affecting the weather. God can do whatever he wants to do. The grace gift of the working of miracles. This is the key. Listen to this very closely. Remember that moment at the wedding Cana of Cana? Uh, Cana? Cana? Yeah, the wedding of Cana. Remember that moment when Jesus was there and the wine ran out and a miracle needed to happen? They had plenty of ceremonial pots filled with water, but they had no wine. And to save face, Mary, the mother of Jesus, said, look, my friends, they've run out of wine. You know, it's, it's, a, it's going to be an embarrassment to them. And Jesus then, uh, and then Jesus turned around and said, look, I, you've come before your time. I'm not ready. And G, then Mary turns around to the servant and says, whatever he says, do it. That, as I was preparing this message, just hit my spirit. Whatever he says, do it. Don't question it. Don't doubt it. Don't, don't put it off to another day. Whatever, because the miracle in Cana would not have happened had they have not done it there and then. And they, they, they filled the ceremonial pots with water, 20 to 30 gallons of, of water. And then he said, draw it out and give it to the master of the, of the wedding. They knew it was water. Oh, I would have been tempted to have a little sweet quick just to make sure it had, something had happened. But they took it out and by faith they walked to the master of the ceremonies and he tested and tried and he was amazed. They had saved the best to last. The key for us is will we do what he says? I'm going to conclude because we've run out of lots of time. So I'm going to conclude. Just a quick recap. Seek him, the Holy Spirit, not just the gifts he comes with. Seek him, not just the gifts. Second thought is this. Remember, the manifestations don't come about through human effort or reward, but he gives as he wills and as the need requires. And then number three. We can't make God do something we want him to do. The key, is walking, the key to walking in the supernatural is to do what he wants to do and be available. We can't get God to do what we want. We have to do what he wants and what he's doing. And then lastly is this. Whatever he says to you to do, do it. Can you imagine if we, the church, you at home, us here in this room, can you imagine when you hear the voice of the Spirit this week say, go and witness to that person. Go and give that person 20 quid note. Go and, go and help them with their shopping. Go and pay for that person um, as they're doing their shopping. Go and, go and walk with them and, and tell them about me. Go and, they've got this need. I, I was walking the other day and I, and I was saying, Lord, have you got a word of knowledge for this person? And I was just waiting and waiting on the Lord. Okay, I didn't hear anything. Or I wasn't attuned as I should have been. I don't know. But I, I prayed. I, I put myself available. Let's do this regularly. And then whatever he says for you to do, let's do it. Let's do it with such an excitement. 
I, I, I believe that, that Mary, when, when she heard him start speaking to those, uh, the, the, the people with, to change the water into wine, as she heard, can you imagine the excitement there must have been in Mary's heart? Oh, I know, I know he can do it. I know he's the son of God. I know who he is. I, I know he can do this. Can you imagine what heaven feels when we say, here I am, use me. I bet all heaven's going, oh, we have a vessel. There is someone who's willing. There's someone who's available. Let's live with that kind of heartbeat in our lives as we go into this week and this month and this year and the rest of our lives, let's live that way. Can I pray? Pray for you at home. Pray for us here tonight as we close. I know it's a bit late, but uh, I just needed to get as much as I could out of here on a, into your hearts tonight. So Father, we want to bow the knee before you. Lord, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit and each of the nine manifestations of the Spirit. Father, give us ears to hear. Lord, give us a heart of boldness and of courage that when we hear you speak, we are ready for action. Holy Spirit, I pray in this room, Lord, come fill our heart. Come fill our lives. Lord, for those that are at home, as they pray and they receive right now, Lord, come and fill us anew. Fill us afresh, I pray. And Lord, I ask that you move my